Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Hallelujah. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Seventy-two hours ago, history was made in this country. I said history was made in this country. And if that doesn't tell you the value and the worth that lives ought to have, then you are checked out. Lines are being drawn more than they ever have before. Actually, I'll rephrase that. The lines are being made clear more. The line's always been there. The line never went anywhere. And I just want to encourage you with this. We're walking in days where you might be very surprised who you find on the other side of the line. It might be in your own house. It might be in your own church. And I've told you before, but anytime we fight a battle on the devil's playing field, we're always going to lose. There's always two sides to this because there's, within the church now, a side that is celebrating and rejoicing when these things... T- I mean, we're seeing demonic strongholds fall apart. I'm telling you, I, well, I'm not just up here cheerleading you and just trying to hype you up when I say that our greatest days are ahead of us. The greater is going to be... The, the, the latter will be greater than the former. Are you believing me today? We're going to see these things take place, and there's more demonic strongholds to come. But you better also understand you are disrupting hell. We're taking territory back for the kingdom of God. And I don't care what the celebrities think. I don't care what the politicians think. I don't care what the celebrity pastors think. I'm getting sick and tired of that. And I, I don't get up here and point fingers at pastors and leaders because I know what they go through. But there are just some dumb people that are standing in pulpits that are completely checked out on what the mission of the kingdom of God really is today. We've got to get a clue. If you can post within an hour when someone is shot and killed in front of everybody, in front of the entire world, but you don't have anything to say when we're celebrating life, 63 plus million people, babies, lives, in the last 49 and a half years. How do you think God feels about that? What do you think the kingdom of God feels? How do you think the the, the kingdom of God addresses something like that? This is serious business we're in. I don't try to come up here and just be serious, but this is wartime. I mean, I, you know, th- th- there is a fight on our hands, and we've got to be well-equipped. Well-equipped. And you're going to be surprised that when the line becomes clear, who's on what side of it? 
Now, our response can't be to, to, to call out and challenge and expose. Let me tell you, the exposing is happening all by itself. I don't have to do anything to expose you. You're, you, you what you're saying or what you're not saying s- tells us everything we need to know. But things are being exposed today. We've been talking for the last several weeks now about being distinct, being set apart. That God is raising up a remnant. God is raising up a people. God is raising up a church that will live so distinct. I mean, these students just learned, and and, and you heard from some of them uh, how distinct. I mean, Esau said, I'm the only Christian in Valdosta, Georgia, where everybody loves Jesus. Where everybody goes to church, right? I'm the only Christian. Why? Because there are going to be those that are going to rise up and live up to the values and the standards of the kingdom of God. And there are going to be those that despise them. There are going to be those that reject them. There are going to be those that will say one thing. But then when you get down to to the root of it, you're going to find out that they stand for evil. They stand for things that the world stands for. That they would rather appease the crowd than please God. And in John chapter 15, uh, Jesus is speaking. Starting with uh, verse 1 I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. This is the verse I want to focus on today. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Today, we have a view of God. We've created a version of God and a view of God that anytime you have cutting or pruning or tweaking or aligning or adjusting, It's because you're doing something wrong. But this verse actually tells us that the very fact that you're being pruned on and cut on and tweaked and adjusted is because you're doing something right. You see that. Every branch enemy that does not produce fruit, he removes. So, you know, we said this last week, if you won't live set apart, you'll eventually be set aside. If you won't live your life distinct, if you won't live your life uh, useful for the master, useful for the kingdom, if you uh, don't choose to align with the way uh, that God has called us to align to and you still want to blend in and, and, and live uh, tolerant of and accepting of ways of the world, you'll eventually be cut off and eliminated altogether. But he says, if you do produce fruit, you'll be pruned. The reward for production is pruning. Listen to me. The reward for production is pruning. 
You could put it this way. If you're not being pruned, if you're not being aligned, if you're not being adjusted on, if you're not being tweaked, you might want to question whether I'm even being useful and fruitful for the kingdom of God. The reward for maturity is responsibility. As you grow, as you develop, as you, as you begin bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, the reward for that is here's some more adjusting that needs to take place. Here's something else I need to work on. Here's something else I need to tweak. We've created this version of God that only shows up and tweaks things in your life when you're doing something wrong. And so now we, we, we run, we, we make the wrong conclusions, come to the wrong conclusions, make the wrong assumptions that any time a trial or a challenge or disruption or frustration shows up in my life, I must be doing something wrong. It must be the devil. No, you might be doing exactly what God called you to do and find yourself on a path of tweaking and adjusting and eliminating and cutting off. It might actually be an indication that you're doing exactly what God called you to do. Might actually be an indication that that maybe your eyes are being opened and something in your life that you have allowed and tolerated maybe wasn't so dangerous in one phase of life, but now today it will cost you. Now today it's something, and look, this is the thing. God only cuts off and removes the things that aren't benefiting you. Lay aside every what? Weight and sin that so easily besets us, that gets us off course. Lay them both aside. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that it's wrong for you. It's not getting you anywhere. It's not helping you. It's not benefiting you. It's not profiting your life. He's already made the distinction that he cuts off what is unfruitful. So if God is asking for it, just just know. I don't need it anyways. I don't have to have it anyways. It's not profiting my life. It's not benefiting me. It's not, it's not moving me or advancing me into the things of God. And the further you go with God, the less you can take. The further you go with God, the less you can have. The less that you can drag along. And, and, and it's almost as if the, the further you go with God, the doorways get smaller. And there's only going to be a certain amount of stuff you can bring into the next season of your life. You're going to have to get rid of some things. And then you go through the next door. It's like, okay, but this, this, and this can't go. Okay, I'm eliminating that. And then I'm living life, getting to the next door. And you usually want to think, well, I, I, was able to have, I, I was able to use that there. I was able to keep that there. I was able to, to, to uh, allow that there. But God's wanting to take you further. Further into surrender. Further into Total, being, being totally engulfed by his spirit and his presence. God is wanting you to learn to live with less, not more. God is wanting you to learn to live with less, not more. This is how we become fruitful. We understand this. That ultimately what 
he's talking about in this passage is two things. What you are connected to and what's connected to you. Those are the two things he's addressing. What you are connected to. Are you connected to his word? Are you connected to him? Are you connected to his plan, to his mission? And then what's connected to you? What are you allowing to hang around? What are you allowing to grow on you? What are, what are you allowing to hang, or hang around in your life? What are you holding on to? What's connected to you? And he says this, if you don't eliminate what's connected to you, eventually you won't be connected to me. There's some disconnects that are gonna have to be made in our lives, otherwise we will become disconnected. He's trying, he, see, the, the religious side wants to come out and say, um, you know, to be fruitful, I need to be connected. To be fruitful, I need to be connected. So I need to do this and this and this, and I need to let go of this and this and this. And then that legalistic religious spirit shows up and says, you can't do that, and you can't do this, you can't go there, and you can't allow that, and you can't say this. You are not connected to be fruitful. You are fruitful because you're connected. My, my idea of living for God isn't so that I can show the world who I really am and, and put on this great facade and put on this, this, this great ex exterior in my life. No, I want to be connected because I love the Father, because I love Him, and I, want, and I value this relationship. And because I'm connected to Him, fruitfulness is the byproduct. Fruitfulness is the byproduct. You remember the parable of the, the talents? three servants. One was given five talents, one was given two talents, and one was given one talent. And when you go back and you look, you can look it up sometime. It's found in Matthew chapter 14. When you go back and look, when he addresses the lazy servant, he says this, you knew me to be a hard man, sowing where I haven't sown and reaping where I haven't. He says, Ultimately, he questions the servant's connection to the master. He challenges him on the level of, you became disconnected from my heart. You don't value the things I value. You don't pursue the things I pursue. You don't seek the things I seek. You, 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 don't, you don't have the same priorities that I have. And you became disconnected from the heart of the master. And therefore, you, you did uh, lazily and irresponsibly in handling what I gave you. There was no fruitfulness. Why? Because there was a disconnect. Your connection will yield fruitfulness in your life. Your connection is what determines what you produce, what you bear, what you give away. And if we become disconnected from the heart of the Father, then we cannot produce what he wants us to produce. We cannot bear fruit of the kingdom of God if we don't have the same values that the king has. He's talking about our connection. He's talking about what we're connected to, and he's talking about what's connected to us. It's a simple message. It's a simple word that I have for these students because the word that's given here is abide, remain, live. If you actually look at this passage in the Amplified, starting with verse 2, the Amplified 
uh, reads it this way. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Look at verse 4. Dwell in me and I dwell in you. Students, listen to me. Live in me and I will live in you. It's where you live that produces the results, not where you visit. This is what I charged these students with this last week. Camp is something you visit. Camp is somewhere you go that, that's outside of the norm and, and outside of the familiar and outside of your comfort zones. And it's a time of disconnect and we need those times. But what he wants you to do is learn to make a lifestyle committed in abiding in, dwelling in, and living in his word and in relationship and connection to him. You want to continue to yield fruit? You want to see more fruit uh, coming from you? dwell in, remain in. And what you remain in, you ultimately will become a reflection of. I have people all the time when I talk to old friends or or people that haven't seen me or or talked to me in a long time, they always say that I have uh, adopted a southern accent. Thank you, Valdosta, Georgia, for investing a southern accent into my life. I don't even hear it. And probably most of the people around here don't even hear it. But when I get in, 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 in like if I go back home to, to uh, go back home to Texas or go back to Raymer or Tulsa and see some of my old classmates or whatever, one of the first things they say, in fact, uh, I saw an old buddy of mine that I graduated from Raymer. He was at this youth camp with his students because um, he's at a church in Virginia now. We hadn't seen him in 19 years since 2003. And he said, boy, you sure sound different. I said, I guess that means Valdosta's home now. Sound like a southerner. Why? Because what you remain in, you ultimately will become a reflection of. It gets on you. I said, it gets on you. And the presence of God, the Spirit of God will come on you in an encounter and in a service and in a moment. But you want it to stay. You want to remain there. You want to live there, not live at camp. Not live uh, where you have to go to services like, look, this is what God wants. God wants us to no longer have to live at the mercy of external motives. That's what camp is. It's an external motivator from the outside. But where he wants you to get is internally. I rise and I read the word. I rise and I pray. I seek the Lord before I just step in and say something. I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit from the inside out. I'm led by the Spirit, from, by the still small voice, not the loud booming voice by some prophet or teacher or evangelist. Are you hear what I'm saying today? It's about what we remain in, what we abide in, what we dwell in. Let's stop being visitors of the word. You know, the place that you go when you need something real quick. Or the place that you go when everything else that you've tried has failed you. What if we dwelled, lived in, remained in connection with the Father? 
And then when the pruning comes, when the adjusting comes, when the tweaking comes, we welcome it. The Bible says that correction and, and chastening, it's not pleasurable in the time, but the discipline produces a desired result. So I stop blaming the devil every time the Lord's trying to tweak something. I stop resisting it like it's a trial and a challenge in my life. And I start saying, God, what are you working on? What are you tweaking? What are you adjusting? And if it, if it doesn't need to have a part of me, I'll eliminate it. I'll let it go. I'll abandon it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.